everybody up. Hey, y'all. We're live for the Life Live event in Tuesday for Woo! Tuesday Talk Business. Um, tonight we have Melody Honor, myself, and we're Hi. welcoming Danielle Barker in tonight. Hey, Danielle. So, everybody wave. I mean, why do y'all do that? Wave. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> okay, well, we invited Danielle tonight. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a coach's wife. And most of it, I think all of ours is good. Of course, there's a little bad somewhere. Um, let's hope not too much ugly. But first, I wanted Danielle to introduce herself or tell us what she does and a little bit about her family, where she lives and everything. So, Danielle. Hey. Well, hey guys, I'm Danielle Barker, and I am a coach's wife of about 10 years. Um, we live right now in Oklahoma. We have lived in Portugal, in Dallas. We've just lived all over the place. Um, I am a mom of five. My oldest is eight, and my youngest is almost 10 months. Um, and then I do makeup on the side, too. And that, that's pretty much me. That is you. Now, what makeup? What company do you work for? With? I'm with Pharmacy. So we are a European company that just came to the United States about a year, maybe two years ago. And it's very affordable, very budget friendly, um, and non-toxic, which is what I love. That's oh, all good. Yay! <laughs> okay. If you want to see, Danielle did the Life Live event, gosh, right at the beginning. It was a while ago. So if yeah. you want to go in there under the announcements, there's a post that's the Life Live events, and you can go in there and see Danielle, and she'll probably be doing another one soon, too. So, um, but she does a great job. I mean, I loved watching because it taught me so much of what how to put my makeup on or do different stuff. So it was good. Y'all need to go watch. And that was um, when I first started too. I've learned, I've learned a bunch since then. Honestly, I oh, love good. it. Good. Well then we will have to have you on again. Cause I always ask people, if y'all want to do a life live event, message me and you can be on. And sometimes that doesn't happen. That's why we're here tonight. <laughs> Because if you're just hopping on our live, I want to I want to just say comment where you're listening in tonight. We would love to engage with you and interact. So this is your time to really comment below. Let us know your questions and comments and where you live and what um, what you want to hear us talk about. Because we're all sisters and we're here for you. So anyway, I just wanted to add that real quick before we got too far down the line. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So tonight, the good, the bad, and the ugly, being a coach's wife. I just wanted to start out and say that I've been a coach's wife for 23 years. And at the beginning, it was hard, but it was great. And not that it's not been great as it's gotten, as my kids have gotten older and I've been in it longer, but times have totally changed. Like Honor and I were talking today, when we were first coaches' wives, there was no social media no texting. We had cell phones, but no, I mean, we really had to engage. We had to, we all sat together at games. We um, made plans for the next day. We got together. We engaged when we were together. I mean, it was great. And um, so times have totally changed, but it, it was really good for me. And I loved it at the beginning. So Honor, do you want to talk about the good for you? 
Um, well, um, I have been a coach's wife for 26 years. Uh, we've moved 13 times in 26 years. So that in and of itself could be a negative, but honestly, for us, it's been such a positive because we've just met great people everywhere we go. And I really believe that as long as you meet good people, um, it's, it's a win-win. So I wouldn't say that every single team we were with and everyone bonded the same way, um, but we really enjoyed every place we lived. So I guess for me, the, the positive is we are such a close knit family because of how many times we've moved. So even though sometimes it's hard and you have to make new friends and whatever, um, I have four children. I mean, we have four children together. Um, and they're all what three, um, 16 months apart, two years apart and three years apart. And so we just, they were all best friends. And that was, that's the benefit, I guess, of being in a football family. How about you? Well, I would definitely have to say it's the collection of friends and family you, you have along the way, right? So every time you move, you can reinvent yourself as a family or as a person. Um, and then you just collect all these wonderful new friends that become like your family because it's like Honor said, you um, really learn to lean on those people in your community and they become very close to you very fast. Um, mm -hmm. So I love that. And I just, I really, really love the fact that coaching brings us into an avenue to minister and guide people's lives. That's such a humbling honor to know that we can have a, an effect on, on, on kids so, and their families. So I enjoy tremendously that part of coaching for sure. Um, it just, it brings me joy. So that's probably the best thing are the people. Danielle, what about you? Um, some of the joys in being a coach's wife. Um, yeah, definitely the moving. We've moved. Um, we've been at, this is our third different location since, since we've been married, um, besides Portugal and then school. And, um, and I do have best friends in all the places. Um, they might not be, they are definitely not the football families, but it's families from the churches or from libraries or, um, just anywhere out in the community. Um, and yeah, seeing your kids meet new people and not meet strangers because mm -hmm. they're used to passing around at football games or they're used to moving so much, um, that is really special too. Because last football game, this one was passed around mm -hmm. um, the whole time. Everybody was, oh, let me hold her, let me hold her. So it's fun to see the community get together and, and love on your kids, and, but it's fun to see your kids grow and mature in other, in ways that other kids don't. <laughs> we love that. She just had something she wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Um, 
when you say stuff about moving and I just never, I moved a lot as a kid. I moved when, um, every two years, my dad was an IBMer. And so we moved. So I never thought about it with my kids. When we moved, I just pack up and we just go. And I think because my attitude was that way, my kids weren't afraid. I was like new adventures. We'll meet new people. And we always had really good coaching. Most of our friends in the places I've moved have been the coaching families. We haven't stayed very many places for very long. And so I don't make those good connections. Plus I don't do anything outside with the, I should, but I don't. So um, yeah, that was good with us too. And my kids can go and talk to anybody. So I like that. All right. So do we want to talk? Well, what'd you say, Melody? I'm sorry. That's a good point. Being able to communicate and kind of be uh, flexible in your, in your routines and your life, you know, that's a big deal. A lot of kids don't have that opportunity to get to move somewhere else. And our kids do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we moved, when we moved East, I mean, when we lived in the Metroplex, my kids had, well, we were there with three different schools, but when we moved East, both the schools we moved to, most of Heath's friends had never been anywhere else. They had been in Marshall and they'd been in Jacksonville. And so Paul, Heath was kind of a little jealous, like, that's kind of cool that they've been here since kindergarten. But the worst part, this is the bad. And this isn't bad of being a coach's wife. This is a coaching family. The worst thing that broke my heart was when Heath was a senior and all the seniors went back to their elementary school and walked the halls. Heath kind of came home and I'm not going to, I mean, he he's not going to hear this, but he was crying and he's just like, mom, where, where do I go? They told me to pick a school and go. And I was like, well, do you not want to just go with your friends? And he's like, no. So he didn't have to go. We got him out of it. But that was the first time that it, in my, in with us, that it was a negative. The first time. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. You know, that, that is true. You know, you think about people ask us even now, where are you from? And I don't know what to say, <laughs> you know, cause I moved around a lot as a kid, even not being in a coach's family. My dad was the band director, <laughs> but we still moved around a lot. And um, even now we've moved quite a bit just in our marriage. And uh, it is interesting to have somebody ask you where your hometown is or where you're from, or, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. You don't really know what to say because you're from yeah. a lot of different places. I usually just say the South. No. <laughs> That's you know, easy. You know, my kids actually will tell somebody, they'll say, you know, where are you from? And they will answer, well, do you want to know where I was born, where I lived the longest, where I went to high school or where my parents live now? And they're all, you know, in high school or, I mean, they're all in college or out of college now. So um, they have the same thing um, as you, Heather, a little bit different than walking the halls of your elementary school. When they come home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these other holidays, yeah. they've never gone to school in Easton, Pennsylvania. They have no friends here. They know no one but me. Yeah and their father. And, you know, uh, we have one child that went to high school here. So she's got a few friends here, but that I think is the hard thing because you look forward to seeing your friends too, when you go back home, not yeah. just your mom and dad. So, um, I guess that would be kind of a difficult thing. 
So what's the worst thing about coach being coach's wife for you? Danielle, what's the worst thing about being coach's wife? No judgment. No, uh -uh. uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, you can a top three. There might be more than one. <laughs> I have to narrow down. <laughs> I, I absolutely love being a coach's wife. I view it as my ministry, but I mean, it is hard. I went... Um, we were missionaries in Portugal, and um, and then for that we we met in seminary. So we spent a lot of time together in Portugal. We spent 24 hours a day together. I mean, there might have been one or two hours that we were not doing ministry, weren't weren't together. And so whenever we moved back to the states, and um, and he went to coaching. He had been a coach before, but I'd never been with him while he was coaching. And so he knew what to expect, the 60, 70 hour work days, uh, our work weeks. And so I was left with two kids all alone, one car between the two of us, you know, in a strange town. So it's, for me, it's probably loneliness. I either have to, um, I have to, devote myself wholly into either my work or into football um so that I can spend a little bit more time with him you know um so that for me that's that's the hardest part is just kind of managing oh my gravy um managing the house alone and and missing him only seeing him once or twice a week yeah yeah that's hard I think it's pretty common too with all of our sisters out there, the time and just being alone. Um, one thing for me that's hard is I'm kind of used to it by now being 15 years in, not having him home a lot. Um, but then Harper, my little girl, she's six. And while she doesn't know any other life either, it's really starting to affect her a little bit more in a different way that daddy's not here a lot and compounding to that is we live in the same town we have for a long time since she's been born, but now my husband drives somewhere else. And so mm. he's not in this town or at her school anymore. So this afternoon, it's so funny. We're talking about this, this afternoon, she, she made this little card and it says it's to daddy and it's orange. Cause that's the school he's at now. We're blue and gold at the school we go to, but he's orange. It says, Daddy, when are you coming back? Oh. So she made this after school today because she was sad that Daddy's mm -hmm. gone and Daddy's not at this school across from her school anymore. And it's just been kind of a big paradigm shift for her little six-year-old mind. So um, that's probably been the hardest thing for me is being a mom and watching Harper question, where's Dad and why is he not here in this town anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's really hard. I mean, when my kids were young, I think the hardest part was, especially with um, um, in the NFL, they would be playing on Christmas and Christmas Eve and they would leave. And so it was so hard that, you know, why is dad not here? He always reads the book in the Bible, you know, the birth of Jesus in the Bible and always reads, it was the night before Christmas. 
and we just had to get creative. And like I said, I've said earlier, I found a book where you could record your voice. And so dad recorded cool. the night before Christmas. We wrapped it up and gave it to the kids. And so they were sad, but then they were like, oh, daddy is here. You know, so, you know, you just try to get creative, but it's the kids and missing their dad definitely, you know, pulls on those heartstrings for sure. Yeah, I would say that would be, I don't know, when you say that, I thought I'd be thinking for a while while Danielle was going about what was the hardest part. And I think it's hard for me to remember because it's been so long. And once the kids get older, it's not so hard because they do their homework, they play in their rooms, they play in their toy rooms, they have sports. I mean, it doesn't feel like you're alone that much, at least in my mind, because it just gets to be routine. And Paul was the athletic director for a while, so we didn't have a season. It was all the time. He was gone. Wasn't like after football, he got to come home more. He had something else he was doing, or he'd go help with basketball, or he'd go do something with track or work or something. He was always, and then he was administrator on duty. So, but as they got older, and I really, I know that sounds bad. I'm getting old. I don't remember it being that bad, but I know it probably was. I, I should probably call my mom because, or my sister, because they're who I called. If I needed something, they were who I called. You know, if I was lonely or, and I stayed home, I stayed home with my kids. So I didn't go to work and have somebody else there. I was so. I don't I'll know. also bring up one of the hardest things is hearing criticism about the man that you love. <laughs> Yeah, would that be the ugly? That is very ugly. It's uh, people have ugly emotions sometimes, and they come out and they are directed towards you and your family. So, that is probably one of the hardest things is the negativity that gets thrown and hurled <laughs> at your husband. <laughs> so, I would say that's also pretty bad. That's that's collateral damage with the job, I guess, huh? But it's not. Yeah what for what we hear about our husbands it's when our for me it's when my kids hear it yes yes because, you know when things were said to my kids at school you know nobody no other kid gets somebody coming to them saying your dad's a terrible lawyer or he's a terrible accountant he can't you know, add two plus two, he should be fired, <laughs> whatever. You know, you don't hear yeah. those things like we hear or our kids hear. Um, but you know what? Like if I, if you always look at life as happening for you, not to you, um, it just made my kids so much more resilient and helped them really figure out who's a real friend and who's not. So. Yeah. Well, and when you say social media and, uh, you know, we were saying texting earlier about the bashing on social media and all that, this again, makes me so feel so old or sound old. I didn't get on Facebook until 08 and they didn't have the groups or people didn't write negative comments, heaven forbid, because you could see who does it, you know, who said it. Now it's like they don't care. So when Paul was a head coach and an AD for those five, I didn't hear it. I mean, very much. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But I would say that would probably be if we had to say the ugly of this whole thing is 
yeah, the, you know, the things we have to hear, the things we have to explain to our kids that you would never think you'd have to, but you have to explain it. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, and just, oh, it's no big deal. You kind of have to explain it at some point because they start to get older and understand and, and stuff. So, but all right, I have a question. I, I've just thought of this. And so we're going to start with Danielle. What at your school do your coaches' wives like sit together? Do you sit apart? How do the wives mingle? Okay, so um, last year, you know, me and my very pregnant self, we all sat together and we usually sit by the goal, like in between the field house and the stands. Um, so we get to sit in the end zone. This year, at the very first of the year, we had some girls in quarantine, um, uh, and there weren't enough water girls, so I actually took the job of water girl. <laughs> so I have been on the sideline for every game this year, um, and that has been hard because you hear the, the boys chirping, and you hear the parents chirping, and you hear, I mean, they even screamed in my water girl that, girls the other day the parents did and it was just like I want to go back to the end zone where I can't hear anything yeah exactly uh, but that's usually either that or my in-laws come in and, and I can sit with them oh good honor what about you well so we play on Saturdays um we don't have a season this year unfortunately um but what we normally do is we all have, we either take our husbands to work that day or they walk to work because we live in the same neighborhood as the college and we park in their parking spots. So we tailgate under the huge scoreboard right next to the football building. And so we set up all this stuff. And the great part about it is we'll go in the stands definitely during, you know, parts of, parts of um, the game. But if we want to, we just hang out in this grassy area with, with, um, with a tailgate and all different chairs and the kids can mm. run around. And so we don't have, we don't have to keep them still. Mm. Um, and they can go into the, the football office and go to the bathroom. And so it's a really awesome setup. Um, but I do try to go in, you know, I'm already in the stadium when we park there because mm. we can literally watch the whole game from, kind of the corner of the end zone in a grass okay. area, but then we will go around and um, sit down just because I feel like we probably should socialize with some of the alumni and mm -hmm. different people like that. But for the most part, all of the coaches, wives really like each other. We all get along and we're all there to support each other. And we're all in different stages of life. I mean, some are girlfriends, some are newlyweds, some just had kids, some are old like me, but <laughs> It all worked. It all. <laughs> all right, Melody. Well, um, I've had a lot of different experiences at various high schools. And um, so we, right now, my husband's at a different school where we don't know a lot of people. And I just met the head coach's wife last game and sat near her. Um, before that, just kind of sat in the stands. And I want to apologize. My cat is now in here. I know. I just saw it in there. I was going to say, oh, the cat's in. going to attack me any second now. Uh, but anyway, I should bring her to the games. That's what I should do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
release the cat. Um, and then, but when we were here and in this town, in that coaching here in this town where we live in, um, I would sit with maybe one or two other coaches' wives, and then some of the other coaches' wives would sit on the visitor's stand. So we were kind of disjointed a little bit. Um, I've sat in the um, end zone before. It just kind of depends on um, the staff, really. It depends on the staff. And, oh my Lord, there's her tail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, you know, just, oh, Lord, she's coming. This is real life. <laughs> You know, she is a mess. But anyway, we just we just sit Mm. where our staff usually, you know, where we are allowed to. (laughs) So we kind of I try to stay away from parents. (laughs) I try to stay away from the student section, and um, you know that's pretty much just what I do personally. But um, it changes for sure based on the coaching staff. Yeah, that is one of the questions. A lot of the younger like a lot of the younger members in Life with Coach message me, text me if I give, because my number's in our members directory, and they feel bad, like third or fourth game in, they're always like, what do you do? You know, and I try to explain to them, it's going to be different everywhere you go. I've been at seven different schools at the very, and I'm very thankful that when I was younger, our head coach's wife was amazing. The three at the beginning they made us all sit together. We talked, of course, no cell phones, y'all, no internet on our cell phones, <laughs> no texting, nothing. And so we really talked and got to know each other. And she'd ask us questions. How was your week before the games and all this? And it meant so much. But if I had, so the whole point of that was if I had to pick an, the good, the bad, the ugly of it, sometimes everybody isn't going to get along. One of the staffs I was on, there were, I don't know, maybe 10 coaches' wives, and we were at all different ages. I mean, there were in seasons in our lives, and they just did not mesh the younger ones with the older ones. And so no one sat together, but we all kind of picked our, you know, we had like four different groups, and we would all, so no one was left out. But it was weird because after being in this for 20, you know, something years and having to do that, it was something, it was like, you know, having to learn it again. And that's one of my favorite things is sitting at the games, talking with people, getting to see what they did, what they, you know, and sometimes people have issues or problems and they want to talk to somebody about it that's going to understand it. And I think we've kind of, I've lost that in the last few years. I miss it. Hey, maybe that's why I started Life with Coach. So I could, you know, talk to the wives and everything. Hmm. Well, anyway. I will say this, if it's okay. Um, be okay. So this, this being the first time that I'm a head coach's wife, um, I felt like a lot of responsibility, like what am I supposed to do? Do I need to reach out to all the women? And, and I have, and I want to, you know, kind of create this camaraderie and everyone Mm -hmm. feel included. Yeah. But I also have been on staffs where the head coach's wife has been extremely shy. Yeah. And it could seem like they were standoffish. And so the reason I tell you guys this is I would say my advice is sometimes if I haven't reached out to somebody, um, it's sometimes it's just because I'm just scatterbrained and I just didn't do it. It doesn't mean that I don't like someone or don't want to include them. So 
especially if someone ever reached out to me, you know, so I'm, so if there are any of these coaches, wives out there that are just, I don't know, I want to feel like I belong. I want to reach out. Um, gosh, that's the head coach's wife. I'm not sure. Talk to them, reach out to them. They will love it. They will love it. It might just be that they're really shy and they think, well, I'm old and they don't want to talk to me, you know? So if you want to belong, I would really, um, encourage everyone just to reach out. It can't hurt. Right. Right. I agree. And everybody doesn't have to sit together, but my head coach the first few years, she'd be like, no, that's what we do. And so that's what I did. I mean, you just kind of did what they said. And, 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 but yeah, it's, it's been different the last few years and it's been good. I have my, my renegades that we call ourselves that we sit together at our games. I'm not so sure I should say that or not, but we do. And you know who you are and I know you're listening. So, but I just, I guess the reason I wanted to say that is it is different. Don't get so, if you're at one school, it could be different somewhere else. Try to find someone to sit with, you know, make it fun. Don't not go to the game because of that, I guess. But I don't know. I'd sit by myself and sit there with games and I'm okay with it. But I know some people don't like to do that. So Melody, were there any questions or anything anybody wanted to say? Cause I have not been watching Facebook. No, everybody's just saying they're lonesome too. They agree with that. And then navigating social media, which is part of the negativity that you might hear from the public is one thing that is new. You know, we talked about that a little bit and um, I would just want to encourage people if, if, if Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and we like to call them the dart boards. It's like a, a like a statewide news channel that has, um, that has the, uh, football information on there you yeah. know who's gonna win and all the drama and all the things like that just stay off of it remove yourself from that negativity you can protect yourself by just removing it so I would I would just encourage people who are struggling with people bad mouthing your husband on social media or your school or your kids just get away from it it's not real people are keyboard warriors and it's it's yeah it's just not real it's not real yeah, I agree. All right, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. And I also want to let everybody out there know that um, in my book, Playbook, Life with Coach Playbook 2020, Danielle's story is in there on how she met her husband. And it's amazing. And it looks long, but it reads so well. And it is so amazing on how she met her husband, her kids. Of course, I don't know if your last one I don't think your last one is in there. I don't think so. I think you wrote it in 2000. When was she born? She was born last year. So 2019. I think of, of the fifth one, but. I think you were pregnant. But anyway, I'm just saying, if y'all haven't gotten the book and you want to read, there are 12 stories in there. And like Melody, you were saying earlier, you know, you hadn't maybe met her, but you were like, where do I know that name from? Well, you have the book and I'll bet you read her story in there and stuff. So just kind of plugging that right there, but it is a good story. You're, it was great how you were in the seminary with your husband and it is good. So, well, we've been on here longer than I thought we would be, but, um, not a problem. And, um, 
If you want to hear any of the other podcasts, did you want to say something on it? No, I'm good. Oh, I thought I interrupted you. Sorry. Um, any, all the other podcasts, if you go out to the lifewithcoach.com, the podcast page, you can go in. We'd love for you to go listen to them, make comments out there um, on the, in the Facebook group or anything. If you have themes or ideas for the podcasts, please submit them and stuff. So we really appreciate you coming. I don't even know how many people we had on the live, but Hopefully everybody, some people will go back and listen to it again, replay it. And let us know if you replay it. I always forget to say that, Melody. But she reminds Thanks me. Thanks to you to hashtag replay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Melody? Can you think anything else that I've forgotten? I can't think of anything else. Um, we just love to hear from you guys. Thank you for hopping on and be sure to engage and interact with us. And we're thankful that you're here tonight. So we'll yeah. see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Yep. Thanks again, Danielle. Bye. Bye.